Thursday was normally a good day. Soon, very soon, she'd be able to buy that stuff from the boarded-up house down our street and she'd be happy for a few hours. Every taut muscle in her body would relax. She'd talk to me, even read to me sometimes. I called out people's numbers cheerily as we hurtled along. Nothing, two, one, four, two, nothing, one, nine. Nothing, seven, nothing, two, two, nothing, four, six. Suddenly, Mum jerked the stroller to a halt and swung it round to her face. She crouched down and held both sides of the frame with her hands, making a cage with her body, clutching so tightly I could see the cords in her arms standing out, the bruises and pinpricks more vivid than ever. She looked me straight in the eye the fury clear on her face. Listen, Jim! The words came spitting out of her face. I don't know what you're going on about, but I want you to stop! It's doing my head in. I don't need it today, okay? I don't need it. Just bloody shut up! The syllables stinging like angry wasps, her venom fizzing all around me. And all the time, as we sat there eye to eye, her number was there. Stamped on the inside of my skull. Ten, ten, twenty, oh one. Four years later, I watched a man in a scruffy suit write it down on a piece of paper. Date of death, ten, ten, two thousand and one. I found her in the morning. I got up like normal, put my school things on, helped myself to some cereal. No milk, because it stank when I got it out of the fridge. I left the carton on the side, put the kettle on, and ate my cocoa pops while it boiled. Then I made Mum a black coffee and carried it carefully into her room. She was still in bed, kind of leaning over. Her eyes were open and there was stuff, sick, down her front and on the covers. I put the coffee down on the floor, next to the needle. Mum? I said, even though I knew she wouldn't reply. There was no one there. She was gone. And her number was gone too. I could remember it, but I couldn't see it anymore when I looked into her dull, empty eyes. I stood there for a few minutes, a few hours, I don't know. Then I went downstairs and told the lady in the flat below us. She came up to look made me wait outside the flat, like I hadn't already seen it, silly cow. She was only gone about 30 seconds, and then she rushed out past me and was sick in the hallway. When she'd finished, she wiped her mouth on her anky, took me back to her flat and rang for an ambulance. Then all these people came. People in uniform, police, ambulance men. People in suits, like that man with a clipboard and paper and a lady who spoke to me like I was stupid and took me away from there. Just like that. The only place I'd ever known. In her car on the way to God knows where, I kept going over and over it in my mind. Not the numbers this time. Words. Three words. Date of death. Date of death. If only I'd known that's what it was, I, I could have told her. Stopped her. I don't know. Would it have made a difference if she had known that we'd only had six years together? Would it? Hell, she still would have been a junkie. There was nothing on this earth that could have stopped her. 
She was hooked. I didn't like being there under the bridge with Spider. I knew it was outside, but I felt closed in, trapped there with him. He filled the space with his gangly arms and legs, constantly moving, twitching almost, and that smell. I ducked past him and out onto the towpath. Where are you going? He shouted behind me, his voice booming off the concrete walls. Just walking, I mumbled. Right, he said, catching up with me. Walk and talk, he said. Walk and talk. Drawing level, too close to my shoulder, brushing against me. I carried on, head down, hood up, a blinkered patch of gravel and trash moving under my sneakers. He loped along beside me. We must have looked so stupid, me being small for 15 and him like a bloke.